This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. Welcome back to the Principal Leadership Lab, a podcast experience created for you by two public school administrators. Without further ado, let's join Jeff and Adam in this week's episode. Hey everybody, welcome back. Another episode of the Principal Leadership Lab and I am here with my good friend Adam DeWitt. Adam, how are you? Hey Jeff, I'm doing great. How are you doing down there below the southern belt of the Cheddar Curtain? Below the Southern Belt. Well, it just started snowing down here today yet again, and uh, we're sitting at about a balmy 25 degrees, I think. So not too bad. We don't have a lot of snow yet in Wisconsin, which could be bad for the overall environmental impact. But in terms of like my shoulder and shoveling, it's been really good this year. That's good, man. That's good. As soon as I hit 50, I got a snowblower. And so I'm not worried about shoveling anymore. Yeah. And I got kids. You know, we adopted oh, yeah. four kids, so I don't have to uh, shovel. That's why we adopted them. Well, and if you get a lot of snow on the, like this coming That's weekend, good. you have a lot of time to shovel because the Bears aren't in the playoffs. I mean, so it's you have a lot more time to shovel because while I'm watching the Packers play. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, I'm watching the Packers and cheering them on for one reason and one reason alone. Well, here we go. One reason. I can tell you what it is. You know who it is, right? Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's Robert Tanyan. Oh, I thought you were going to say because oh. you wanted to beat Tom Brady. And then Bobby no, no, was no, no, yell. no, no. Rob, yeah. Rob, Rob Tanyan, number 85, went to McHenry High School. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he graduated here with my daughter, Emma, in 2014. Well, now I know why he's great. Yes, yes. He and George so, Kittle are good friends. So look at how good they are together. And it's uh, all because of Emma Prickett. It is. It's because of Emma and because he graduated here in little old McHenry, Illinois. Well, that's awesome. That's, that's why I watch and root for the Packers nowadays. That's I'm going to see if he can get me tickets now that I know you. <laughs> I, I don't know him. Oh. Like I met the guy once. Well, that's more than I know. <laughs> but he, he graduated from here. This is before I became principal here. So. That's awesome. That's a great connection. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Speaking yeah. of connections, we have some other connections we could probably, uh, you know, carry on with tonight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, A great connection too, Adam. And I'm super excited. She is currently an education coordinator. She's a past elementary principal and special ed coordinator. She lives in Massachusetts, which we're going to talk about. Bobby, Former home of Tom Brady. Former home. Former home. Yes, yes. But Bobby, how are you? still, Still in my heart, you know, even though he's in Tampa. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He's making great... all the Patriots eat their eat their whatever mm. right now, going to the uh, you know, the divisional game. So that was exciting cool. too. I, I I did not think, I'm sorry, I did not think that they would be able to get past the Saints. I just didn't. We did not either, but he did it in true Tom Brady fashion. <laughs> I he don't did. know how it happened. He did, he did. So Bobby, um, you know, I mentioned the, the uh, and I pronounced Massachusetts how you pronounce it. Now, I, we, Adam and I talked to Matt Joseph a, a number of episodes back, and he swears it's Massachusetts. So I don't know where this, where does this come from? Like, are you from Massachusetts? I am from Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, 
and I'm from central mass. Like I've, you know, I'm far removed from Boston, but every once in a while that Boston accent pops in and yeah, yeah. ironically, I'm talking about Joseph on Friday. So we're going to have to compare pronunciations. Oh, I cannot wait. That's going to be a great conversation. <laughs> None of us will understand the dialect though. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. That's and then true. Jeff, maybe I could throw in my Canadian accent. No, please don't. <laughs> please don't. Bobby, as have long you as it's not a British accent, we're all set. Horrible. It's the word. It's I don't even know where it came from. Where did it's yeah. not even Canadian. Oh, yeah, it is. They pronounce all the vowels, right? So I'm gonna take a boat ride with my shoes off. Eh. Boat? Yeah, boat. On my boat. No. Yeah. We we confirmed this with a fellow Canadian. It nobody says it like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, they'll they'll learn. Okay. Anyway, can we move on? Bobby, how are you? How, how are you doing? How are things there in Massachusetts? Things are chilly here. You know, I hear you talking about the snow and it's better when it snows. It's just been kind of cold, but we get some snow in the, you know, the seven days. So we'll see what happens next week if it brings a little snow, but we've had a little sunshine mis- mixed in. So that's not so bad, but okay. it's always crazy weather here in New England. They just say, if you don't like today's weather, just wait 24 hours. Yeah, never know, right? Just, just don't know. Just don't know. So, listen for our for our listeners, Bobby, who who may or may not know you quite as well. Let's all all they have to do is jump on social media, you know, jump on Twitter, and they will find you for sure. Um, but but tell us a little bit, a bit about you. I mean, I mentioned that you are, you know, currently you are an education coordinator. So, um, just take us back though a little bit through your leadership journey. What where, where did you start out doing, and how did you get where you're at now? Well, it's funny. I feel like I've kind of, you know, done the gamut, you know, believe it or not, I started out as an elementary guidance counselor, um, which these days, I think in order to be a principal, you probably need some of that, that background in counseling or, you know, even mental health these days. And so as an elementary counselor for about four years, and I was doing two different schools in my hometown, which I really enjoyed um, until they were, they opened a new middle school. And so they didn't, replace the other elementary guidance counselor they moved her and then I covered four schools and that's just running around putting out fires you know you're at one school they need you in another school and I had the opportunity to go in the classroom and I got my certification through an alternative route and then I taught um, second and third grade for a few years before being recruited to be an administrator by my superintendent that's back when they were recruiting people you couldn't find administrators (laughs) And so right after I got my degree, I got my first principal position. So I've been in educational leadership for about 18 years now. I've done a few different types of schools from, you know, that kind of low income, high poverty title one school to an affluent school district to then a very um, urban type school district with a large um, diverse population. And then I also um, loved my five year stint at a Catholic school. So, you know, kind of done a little bit of everything. And like you said, I also spent a few years as a special ed coordinator. And um, currently I'm an educational coordinator for a school for students with disabilities. So it always just broadens my, you know, skill set, being able to work on that. But, you know, my passion is being a principal. So I'm hoping once this whole, you know, kind of I was impacted by COVID. And so I'm hoping on the other side of this, I will, you know, be able to get back to that. There's nothing better than seeing kids in the building every day. 
Oh, amen to that. Yeah, before your principal um, journey, you talked about sharing buildings, and Jeff and I both are sharing buildings as principals, or will be soon. Jeff will be soon, and I am. So, do you have any advice for Jeff as he enters the water of multiple buildings? You know, is it the the ninety day planner? Is it uh, you know any uh, any other practical tools you can offer, Jeff? I think part of it is making sure that you have at least some schedule time in each building so that people know where they can find you and when, even though it doesn't always happen like that, but some of that consistency. Um, when I did the two buildings as a guidance counselor, you know, I had a set schedule, you know, unless there was an emergency. So people knew where they could find me. And my first, the second year of the, in the district where I was first principal that fall, they had me be principal in two different schools until I got moved to a school full time. And I used to eat lunch in my car because it was the only time I had as I was traveling from, you know, one school to another. So lots of multitasking, Jeff, but you, you got it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I appreciate the advice, Bobby, and I appreciate you asking, Adam. I mean, I, I don't know what I'm, I mean, I kind of know what I'm getting into, but not really until you actually experience it. Luckily, the, the two high schools are only five minutes apart from one another. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's not like I'm driving, you know, across busy highways to get from one school to the next. And our district office sits on the upper campus uh, property. So um, between the three buildings, I, I think I'll, you know, I got five minutes in between. So Thank you. But, but, but a, a schedule is really key, I think, because I've been asked by a lot of people, well, where, where you know, where are you going to be during the day? And, and uh, my current building has already said, oh, you're going to forget about us and never get over here. So I think it's very important to be clear in my communication and clear with my schedule too, to be very open and transparent about it. Well, I asked that question or framed that question, not necessarily for Jeff, but more for me. So it's, uh, this is my third year in between two buildings and it's, it, it's easier, but it's never easy. And uh, sometimes I just feel divided. Like I don't have a home. Sometimes I'm here, sometimes I'm there, but I share a middle school and a high school. So sometimes switching gears, it's hard to go from the mindset of a high school student that I may be, uh, you know, working with on that specific occasion, going back down to a middle school fifth grader is sometimes a different, the, their concerns and issues are, are sometimes drastically different and then sometimes very similar. Um, yeah. So you'll, you'll, you'll do fine, Jeff. You'll do absolutely oh, fine. Thank you. Thank um, you. One, I have some more advice that I've learned from other feedback from teachers this year about the shared role. So every morning I send in a morning email um, and it's not, fancy. It's often just bullets. So good morning, Blue Devils. I'm going to be at the middle school to start the day. And after that, the best way to get a hold of me is text me and then I'll come see you because I just yeah. don't know. There's so many meetings and things like that. So sometimes it's just that, but a daily email in the morning that just says, you know, don't forget this is happening. I'm starting here. Uh, we've got so-and-so in the building today, whatever. So daily morning email. And I think the more you can be clear in your communication, but I think it's also one way to leverage virtual meetings in the future, you know, so then you could have a single faculty meeting with both campuses to bring them together as a community, especially in your situation, Jeff, you know, I think um, there's some of those good things that we're, we're learning out of this pandemic that we've had to, to do out of necessity, but I think will be a good opportunity later. I agree. Absolutely. I, I think there are a lot of things that we've, that we've thought, well, you know, why, why shouldn't we be doing that on a regular basis anyway, not, not only during a pandemic. There are a lot of things we've learned from this and a lot of good takeaways, I think, you know, not to minimize the devastation of, of the pandemic, but um, there are some takeaways. There have to be always. So, you know, Bobby, I'm, I'm really curious. Um, 
you know, you, you have, you said you've run the gamut in your educational experience. And I always feel like I am, I don't know how you feel, but I feel blessed to have worked in six, six or seven different school districts. Now, you know, a lot of our people at, at my current district are lifers, you know, they've been here one district for forever. Um, And uh, that's, I I love that part for consistency's sake, you know, for consistency of your community, your staff, your students. Um, And I don't know how, how you feel about that having had multiple experiences as well, you know, the whole, it's hard to balance, you know, that whole consistency uh, of gaining trust and rapport versus, you know, having lots of different experiences in your career, you know? Well, I think everything that got me to where I am today made me who I am today. You know, like it's, you know, it sounds kind of simple and cliche, but I always think about what if I had stayed at that first school that I was a principal at, you know, I just loved it, but things in the district changed, you know, and my goals changed. And then, you know, I went to a situation that, you know, maybe wasn't as great as that one, but at the end I'm like, but if this hadn't happened, I wouldn't learn about this, Mm. you know, and then I wouldn't have been able to apply that here. Like, you know, if you had asked me, you know, I don't know, even 10 years ago said, you know, you're going to be the principal of a Catholic school someday. I'd be like, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. (laughs) And the things I learned doing that, you know, it was such a small community and I don't know where it is everywhere. I've only been a Catholic principal for, you know, one diocese, one school, but you're everything, you know, you're the marketing director, you're the professional development person, you're the business manager, you know, you, you do the curriculum, you know, so just the, the vast experiences that I've gotten or training and exposure to different things. Um, I don't think I could trade that, you know, and I think if I was in one place all the time, would I have broadened my horizons? You know, would I have read Lead Like a Pirate to become a connected educator? Like, would those things have happened? And then would I have my own podcast and be talking to you if I had stayed in one place? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So true. It reminds me of, uh, of a mutual connection, Adam Welcome, that we all have. Um, and he talks about, you know, just first of all, just start, right? Which, which we're going to get to. And he also talks about like when, when, when walk through the door, you know, if there's a door, walk, walk through it. You know, I've heard him say that some, somewhere in my, in my travels, in his travels, but it's true. So when an opportunity arises, I, I also think this, and I don't know what you think about this, that it, when an opportunity to ri- arises, you have to decide right then and there whether you're going to walk through the door, but it also has to fit within your vision for yourself and within your goals. You know, I know too many people who are looking for jobs and they jump at the first opportunity and it may not be the greatest fit for them when they really didn't have to jump. You know, I'm just, I'm just, I just want people to understand and really hear, you know, what you're saying clearly, you know, about what to do when opportunities arise. Cause I think that you don't jump at every single opportunity. It has to really kind of fit within your vision for yourself. It does. And I just learned that the hard way. You know, my last district, sure. I was only there for a year. Um, and it just wasn't the right, it wasn't the right fit, you yep. know, for different reasons. And, and that's okay. You know, I've had to come to terms with myself that way, you know, um, that it wasn't a good fit. And, but I learned so much while I was there, you know, um, just in that year, the different programs that I was able to belong to. Um, I did a leadership academy you know, so I did a lot of, there was a lot of good to it, but it just wasn't the right fit for me. And, you know, I'm looking for that place that's going to be the good fit, you know, to be that home as I, like you, Jeff, head towards retirement. 
need. <laughs> I forgot that I'm, I'm working with an aged crew tonight. I forgot. Oh, jeez. We won't tell everybody that I'm older than Jeff. So <laughs> no, we, we, I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't so, going to say it. No, no. But, you know, I think you do. I think that comes with experience. And when you've been able to try, you know, had that opportunity to walk through so many doors, you know, when I got the offer to work at the Catholic school, I also had the opportunity to be the special ed director at the elementary level for a very busy district Mm. with a very big salary. And I remember saying to my husband, like, if you take the money away from it, I want to be with kids. Like in that kind of a position as the special ed director, you're only going to deal with the parents that are mad about something. You know, you're going to have to fix the problems and do all of that. And here I can high five kids. I can have dance parties in the cafeteria. Like I can do that. And so, you know, that the opportunity was there and I walked through the door, you know, and I am so thankful that I did. I think it's important to know too, just like, so we have so many books in our libraries that we can all read. And I always tell my students, you can pick it up and read through chapters one, two, and three and put it back on the shelf and get a different book if you don't like it. I think the same thing applies for opportunities. Open the door, go through it. If it's not something that you like, close the door, you know, get back out and find another door. So I I think sometimes we feel like once we choose it, you know, the American way, we've got to just push on and, and do it and grind it out. But I think life is filled with so many other opportunities, especially for those that are kind of exploring if they're, if they're in their youthful state in high school, college, or I, you know, despite ages that we just talked about, I still feel very youthful that I'm always looking for the next opportunity. So I think it's important. Walk through the door, evaluate it, see how it fits for you. Are you going to be able to add value to that next opportunity? Then stay for a while, you know, enjoy it and then look for the next one when it's time. And I think there's nothing wrong with realizing that something's not a good fit, you know, or it doesn't bring you value, you know, and it's taken me a few months to figure that out, you know, myself, but I I think it's so true. Just not every place is a perfect fit for everybody. That's so true. You, well, you have a, you have just such a wide variety of, of awesome experiences throughout your career, Bobby. And I, I think that if you hadn't walked through the door, um, you wouldn't know about them, right? And the, I mean, you mentioned that being a connected educator, you know, you you started uh, on Twitter, you know, how long ago, you know, um, I look back on my Twitter timeline, and it says it right up at the top there, like joined 2008. And I definitely know that I wasn't connected in 2008. You know, it took me quite a number of years to finally jump in and be be intentionally connected, which is how we met on 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 the mastermind, you know, through the teach better team admin mastermind. So I think that's just, I think it's been phenomenal to be connected. So, but talk about that. I mean, you, Bobby, started a new podcast called The Busy Principle. Just start. Just, and you took that advice to just start. And so you did it. You took the leap and and you did it. And you're already up to episode six, just dropped this week, I think, right? Episode six? Episode six dropped yesterday. Wow. It sounds great. The audio sounds great. The content's great. Thank you for, for starting. <laughs> well, I have to say, I have to thank Adam. Welcome. If you like listen to his podcast, but my busy principal one came out first. No, we had this conversation. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a friend. I'm so thankful to be connected to him. And, you know, we were talking about some different things and he's like, Bobby, just start too many people. Don't just start, just start. And normally I would be that person that wants to have the perfect title, the perfect logo, know everything. And I downloaded the anchor app and I just recorded it, you know, and I was gearing it towards principles and the busy principle just came into mind, you know, no rhyme or reason. And, and it's funny because there's six episodes and they're not about being a principal. 
it's about leader or things that you can do um, for your own development. You know, like last week's was about finding an extra 30 minute. And that was actually off of the Brendan show podcast you had recommended, yeah. Jeff. And yeah. then this week it was really about like maximizing your morning. You know, I do the miracle morning, you know, based off how Hal Elrod's work. And so just things that you can do, you know, to better yourself, you know, next week I'm going to talk about habits, but I'll get into some of the principal stuff too, but it's been really good in the what's amazed me is the ripple effect. Mm. You know, like I just thought I'd put it out there and same thing with you guys. You don't know how many people are listening or who they are. You know, I have some people that'll circle back to you, but someone had tagged me, um, Debbie Tannenbaum and like wrote a whole blog post about my one word podcast. Mm. And I was like, wait, what people are actually listening to this, you know, <laughs> and now her and I got connected. So she followed the teach better live. And now she joined our mastermind last week. Yeah. And now she just signed a book deal with Darren Pepperd and Rhodes are awesome. Like, so it's just, you just, I just keep thinking of that ripple effect, you know, and how you don't know how you're going to impact somebody, you know, with your words or, you know, what you write when you're writing a blog that, that you think all of us have an audience. So for all of the fellow podcasters out there, how do you develop a, a list of event or not events, but um, topics that you're coming up with? Because even even in, in the latest episode, you talk about what's coming up in the future. So do you have a list of topics that you have a, a rough sketch of what's coming or um, do you put them into your plan? How do you do it? What, what's your plan? I'd love to say yes, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for me, it's like what's going on and, and what will what will help others. And obviously with what I'm thinking about with how I've re been doing my mornings and that and now I'm also listening to Atomic Habits by James Clear. And so I just there's so much in there that's valuable that then I want to be able to share that with my listeners, you know, and then how can we transition that and take some of that to education? You know, could we have a miracle morning in the classroom? you know, to get students to start their day off on the right foot with the habits, you know, as I'm listening to that, I'm like, oh my gosh, why are we not doing that? There should be, someone's going to steal this idea now that I said it on your podcast, but there should be atomic habits for kids. Like, you know, um, what is that like? So I don't have a running, I do. I mean, I shouldn't say that I have scraps of paper with ideas, nothing real organized, but looking at that and, you know, I did the just start. Now my brain is how do I now do a series where I have guests. There's so many people that I want to talk to that have um, been a support or an inspiration to me in this journey as I become connected that I think other people should hear about them and their stories too. That's excellent. I love it. Great, great stuff. Go ahead. Hey, Jeff, what's the name of the planner that uh, I use that you and I talked about? The high performance planner. Yeah. And then Bobby, I saw you're using or heard on your podcast, you're using the saver. Or, yeah, I use the Saver Life Planner. Yeah, and um, I, like, I like that one a lot. I looked it up and there's a lot more space for writing. Mm -hmm. Like in, in ours, Jeff, the one that, that I'm using, there's not a lot of room for reflection. There's right. space for it, but not a lot. And sometimes I'm like, I need to say more, you know, so I have to take it off and go somewhere else. Well, it's great because they have the, you know, the filling calendar pages at the very beginning, but then you have your columns for each day of the week. And then there's another page that's similar to that, that you can put whatever content. And then there's another one with the boxes to write what you want. And it always starts with like a brain dump for the week, you know, and this is kind of that planner for kind of geared towards reaching goals or business planning and things. But I need that brain dump for the week to then get all those thoughts out of my head, look at the priorities. Um, I have some spaces, you know, for reflection or fill one of the boxes for blog post ideas, you know, those sort of things. The good news for the planner that I'm using is that 
eventually, you know, it's one month in. So eventually maybe I, I think I want to write more in there every day, but I'm going to run out of time. So maybe I'll just stick to it and see what happens. Yeah. But in the end, we know that all of us in this podcast right now are going to get rid of these planners and we're going to be buying Lindsay Titus's planner. So why even, why even talk about these? Let's face it. Let's face it. We all are. You're That's right. right. <laughs> so I just actually ordered Lindsay's. Yes. Hers. But when you see it, her, I'll use hers with the one that I have now because it's a little different with looking yeah. at, you know, your gratitude for the day and, and sort of setting up your, how you're doing that in a 30 day and the saver life planner is a 90 day. Mm. So I like the idea of kind of planning things in those 90 day chunks and then it has you reflect back. And the first time I used it, it was like, oh my gosh, I did nothing in these last 90 days, <laughs> you know? So looking at it and being more intentional with my time. And, you know, again, if you have goals and dreams, if you can't spend 30 day, 30 minutes a day to work towards those, yeah. then is it something that you really want to achieve? So right. I really try to look at what have I accomplished this week and what will I do next week? The difference between a dream and a goal, right? That's right. That's right. You have to make it happen. Well, you know, I'm so glad that, uh, you know, Brenda Burchard's work on high performance habits and couple that with James Clear's atomic habits. And then recently um, I have discovered um, and just finished actually essentialism by Greg McCown, uh, the pursuit of, of, of less really um, because I really needed to just focus. So all, all of the, our listeners out there who are really trying to just hone in on what is important and be really intentional about that. Those three resources um, plus Lindsay Titus's journal and any other type of journal that you're using that you might find you know, useful in, in what you're trying to pursue. Um, so such great things out there. So I, I appreciate you bringing those up tonight, Bobby. Thanks. Um, it's always great to share. And like I said, usually it's something that I'm reading or doing myself that makes me think I want to share this with others. And that's why with the podcast and the best thing about the podcast too, like when he, Debbie wrote about it, she's like, I hadn't heard about this when it was new. And that was at episode three. She's like, so I binge listened to it. Well, the first couple are five minutes. So, you know, um, I think my longest episode's 11 minutes. So it's easy to binge listen to them too. So Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think love it. That, I like that. I like both aspects. I like the short little yeah. pieces. A lot of podcasts do, they have, they have their weekly episode and then they have these like bonus episodes with, you know, 11 minutes or 12 minutes or whatever it is. And I think that I like our, our length for what we're doing because a lot of people can listen to this episode while they drive to work, you know, 30 to 45 minutes, sometimes longer. And I think that's, that's good for me. So it's gotta be good for everybody if it's good for Adam, right, Jeff? Oh, I think so. I mean, that's, that's the model that I live by. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So, so Bobby, I, I've, I've heard a lot, such, such great stuff in here so far in our conversation. And I want to, I want to ask you if you could pick out in your entire educational career, maybe it's a, many years ago, maybe it's right now. Has there been or is there a leadership challenge, something that you are or, or had strug really struggled with? And, and how did you get through that? I mean, you know, one of the things that we like to talk about with each guest is, is just that, you know, the idea of this lab space where you wrestle with ideas and, and problems and opportunities and, and what you did about it. I think first it's knowing that you're not perfect. You know, I'm one of those people that it's like, you know, think that you have to have all the right answers and be able, you know, to do everything. And so allowing myself some of that grace to make a mistake 
at the same time modeling that obviously for staff that you work with that when you make a mistake, it's, it's okay. You know, and, and even early in my career, I used to say to people, I made the best decision I could at the time with the information that I had, because an hour after you make the decision, there could be new information that you didn't have, you know, so trying to think about that. But for me, really a leadership challenge. And I think this lends itself with anything, but especially when you're going to be a new principal, um, going into a new role, I'm very passionate. Like if you follow me, you can tell, like, I'm just very passionate about education and then coming in and thinking that you want to help things for the better, but maybe the staff and the school's not ready to move in the direction that you'd like to go. And so that can be, that can be tough. And especially when, if it's a new staff, you haven't developed that trust yet for them to be able to say, Hey, wait, listen, we, we don't want to get rid of that program because you know, and so I think it's making sure, so trying to remind myself when you go into those new positions, or if you're bringing in a new initiative, that you're doing a lot more listening than you are talking, you know, talking about kind of these leadership books, like John Safir's Listening Leader is another one of my new favorites, yes. you know, and, and so being able to listen and how do you take that feedback um, from staff so that they're part of the decision making and that if you have a reason for the things that you'd like to see happen or move in your school, that you're really sharing those with the staff. And if they can convince me otherwise, you know, maybe you, you work at a compromise or the change doesn't happen now, you know, so it's figuring out how to play that long game as well um, so that you can work with staff and what's best for them in the school. And it's not always about what you want as the leader. So I think that's just an important lesson learned. You know, absolutely. I, I always, the minute you started talking about um, being, being becoming a new principal or even a new a principal at a new building, you know, in a new building with a new staff or wanting, wanting to help, wanting to do things uh, for the better, as you mentioned, um, but you haven't developed trust yet. I think back to a few years ago when I was a middle school principal in, in a new building and uh, I had just a, all these great ideas and went in there guns blazing full steam ahead, making all these changes. And um, I, I remember clearly one day a teacher came into my office and she said, are we that bad? <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I thought I took a step right there back and said, Oh my goodness. And then the next day I had a meeting with my eighth grade team, the whole, the entire eighth grade team, and they were charged. And I thought, Oh boy, there's some different energy in the room here today. And a couple of my strongest teachers on that team started to cry in the meeting because they felt so much pressure from me. I, it was a wake up call. I, I thought, wow, I, I, I've got to really, like you said, listen more, talk less take their feedback in develop that trust first. It's so critical for people. You're Reason, not really it's hard because you're, but you're coming from a, like for me, I'm leading from my heart. Sure. You know, it's coming from a good place with good intentions, but sometimes it's, you know, just taking that step back and it's taking that big view. What is it called? You know, looking at it from the balcony as opposed to, to from yeah. being right down there in the, in the trenches. And in a new school, they may not know those things about you. The relationships don't exist yet. So sure. I never would have, like, if they would have known you, Jeff, they would never think that you were a big jerk and a big bully shoving things down their throat. They, right. they would have been like, oh, here he goes again, a new idea, something he read, you know, but they yeah. didn't know you that well yet. 
And I think it's tough because you want to help move a school forward. You know, you don't want to take that 180 days to just get to know everybody and let everything be status quo, but sometimes that's better, you know? So um, I haven't completely finished reading, but Simon Sinek's book, The Infinite Game, you know? So reminding myself that I'm in it for the infinite game, not that 180 days. And so how do we, how do we look at it, you know, from that, that approach too, I think is important. And so that's definitely something I've learned now about myself and my leadership. Now I feel bad because my blog post is titled leading 180 days. (laughs) Ready to go, Bobby. (laughs) Sorry, Adam, (laughs) but you have to lead 180 days at a time. That's right. There you go. I'm going to put that. I'm going to add that tag to it now. That's, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So in, in the middle of all of the things that you've experienced from the classroom to private school, the public school, to a, a span of a career. And uh, I think that you're like me and Jeff, we're in the third of our, the end third of our careers, at least the official part. I don't know if there's an end for me. Jeff and I were talking about that before you came on and I don't know that there's an end. So maybe a, a, like who says that Jeff uh, repurposing himself at not retirement. Oh, Jeff Springer. Yeah. Jeff Springer. Sorry. So, what are you hopeful for though, Bobby? So whether it's education, um, maybe you're hopeful for a Packers victory this weekend. I am. <laughs> so I, I, you know, tell us, tell us what makes, what are you hopeful for? Um, you know, my one word this year is believe. And that's because I just believe that there's more goodness in this world than we're seeing right now. Like I am just hopeful that we can come together in this country for so many different reasons. You know, not only is my priority education and we've learned so much in the, like, I can't believe that it's been 10 months, you know, since school had closed on March 12th. Like, and teachers adjusted on a dime. You know, we can use technology, you know, do we need standardized tests? Like, are we gonna be able to take all of this that we've learned and really recreate education? Like we have such opportunity, you know, it's like you said, Jeff, at the beginning, like I don't take anything away from all those that have had devastating losses because of COVID, but at the same time in education, I feel like the time is now. And I'm just hopeful that there's people listening. that are going to take action on that. Like, I think if a district doesn't have a virtual Academy after this going forward, they're missing the mark. They're missing the mark with students that need it. They're missing it with kids that would otherwise be homeschooling. Um, you know, with just what we learned, I think we can do it. I think we can, now we know we can do better. So when you know better, you do better. And that's just, that's my hope. Never mind, like that we create places of equity and culturally responsive programs so that we're doing by, better by all the students and staff that we serve. So that's, that's what I'm hopeful for. I believe that you are right. <laughs> That's a good one, Adam. I like that one. That's pretty good. Yeah. Eh? So um, imagine if you were to ask your colleagues tomorrow, either, either of you. Um, so this is January. What is it we, today? Recording on January 18th, 19th, 19th. 19th. Sorry. I can't hardly see. I'm getting old too. So January 19th. So if this was January 19th of 2020, what would we be doing different knowing if we could know March 10th or 12th or whatever our schools closed, what would we be doing differently? And I, I, I sometimes wonder, do we, you know, those things that we would say, 
are things that we would probably want to be enacting in 2021 because that would have prepared us for the pandemic, whether it's a virtual academy for our school districts, um, maybe more remote resources, boosting internet infrastructure. I just think that's a great question to be able to think about. And I believe that we can do better because we've lived some of that. So now we need to get those planners out again and start yes. reflecting. Well, and it's funny, this is a, this is a small thing, but it just kind of shows for that bigger picture is first grade teachers need to stop logging kids into their accounts on the computer so they can do it independently at home, <laughs> you know, and it's quicker for a teacher to walk around and log them all in, you sure. know, then sure. you send them home with a computer and now, you know, and the first graders can do it. You know, you just, you, you just have to teach them and show them. And, you know, I think about the schools that were not having one-on-one -on -one devices was not on their radar. You know, I can't tell you, you know, where they were like, oh my gosh, let's go buy, the, you know, I mean, computers sold out. You couldn't buy anything from Dell if you wanted to, you know, um, to do that. But I think, again, why do we not have, why is Wi-Fi not available to everybody? It should be a necessity, just like heat and hot water, you know, and electricity. Yeah. Yeah. So true. You know, Adam mentioned it, Bobby, before you came on, we were talking about, um, I, I had mentioned to him that I, I can't believe that in, in five short years, I could actually retire fully vested in the state of Illinois in my, in our teacher retirement system. I, I just, it just, it's like, it's not that I'm going to, but it's like, it snuck up on me, you know, and I didn't even think about that, but I, I, I'm so, your thoughts resonate with me so deeply that I really hope that if I do retire from public education, at least in this district, in, this, in, in five years, that we see a recreation of education, that we see people saying, well, why can't we do that on a regular basis? You know, we discovered it during the pandemic, but why can't we do that on a regular basis? Why can't we have virtual academies? Why can't we look at the different ways that kids learn? Because we've really had to look at the different ways that kids learn and realize that, wow, some kids just are so that they learn, they learn better at home. They learn better outside the brick and mortar of a, of a school building. Yep. Well, I think just the implications for high school. I mean, I'm not an elementary sure. person, but just how awesome it could be to change the way we do high school or letting kids master a course without having to stay in it for an entire semester because they don't need to. But I think about my son is um, second semester, sophomore year of college. But when he was a junior, he not only hurt his, um, leg and was out of school with a, a torn MCL for a little bit. He then got mono that year. Oh and that's a kid who never ah. misses any school, but had he been able to do something remotely to keep up with his studies, as opposed to just books and homework being sent to him, you know, he, I feel like he would have got more out of it. And so I think about that too, you know, with absenteeism or kids that have, you know, illnesses that have them in and out of school. Like, I just think we have, we can do better. We have to do better. I believe we can. <laughs> and when you know better, you do better. That's so right, Jeff. People, people, we know better. So let's do yeah. better, please. You got it. Please. Exactly. And so I'm just so hopeful. And again, I just, I believe that we can. We just have to, it has to become a priority and we have to figure it out. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Bobby, on the eve of uh, inauguration 2021, uh, I want to thank you for coming on the Principal Leadership Lab tonight. Um, it has been an absolute pleasure to chat with you. If people want to get a hold of you, Bobby, and talk further, um, if they want to, are you taking guests on the on the on your podcast yet? Are you planning to? 
I'm planning to. I haven't yet. So okay, someone's well, dying to be the first one, you know. Hey, if you want to be the very first guest on Bobby French's The Busy Principal Podcast, how can they get a hold of you? Well, I'm pretty easy. It's at Bobby French, B-O-B-B-I-E-F-R-E-N-C-H. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, Clubhouse. <laughs> so yeah so wherever you can find me yeah so it's pretty easy but definitely you know um reach out especially if you're just getting connected we'll help you get connected there's nothing better than being a connected educator and it leads to podcasts with great friends like you guys well thanks awesome. Awesome. Hey, jeff you know i think a good title for today's show would be something like 101 tips by bobby french <laughs> i feel like this is a whole episode of tips and tricks it to be better be. just like your podcast yeah just gonna book recommendations i, I just i'm i tell my husband all the time i'm a wealth of knowledge and you can either keep this in or take it out but i'm also wealth of like useless football knowledge like i'm a football fanatic yes, you are you are a it, junkie it's just it's crazy and i'm gonna drop this bomb here because okay. i just learned about this Lindsay titus went to the same high school as rob gronkowski no wow Look yeah, that. like we, she was in between like him and his brothers. Like he was a little younger, but they all went to the same high school and one of his brothers was in her brother's class. But yeah, yeah. like it's such oh. a small world. Like it's this is just like the, the tight end special episode. Yeah, it's the tight end special. Yeah. The tight end. That's why they had to have this fall. Did you see the special tight ends weekend that they had? No, no. Oh my gosh, they did. They had a whole weekend just to like talk about how awesome tight ends are because they're such uh-huh. a, you know not talked about you know we're always talking about those those qbs and stuff but coming from coming from massachusetts you know we we used to love our our qb but now uh tv went to tv so we'll see what happens this weekend (laughs) yeah i've not heard that one before and i can't wait to hear that reminds me let's bring it back full circle you and matt joseph talking about how to say massachusetts i'll have to let you guys know how that goes on friday that sounds great. Well, thanks for coming on, Bobby. Have a great night. And uh, Adam, we'll see you next time on the Principal Leadership Lab. Thanks, guys. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the Principal Leadership Lab. Feel free to connect with us in between episodes on Twitter and on Instagram. All of our information is included within our show notes. Until next time, this is Adam signing off for the Principal Leadership Lab.